0: Welcome to the SBK Saturday Night Selections, our first uh, podcast of many. We'll be here every single week, taking you through the American action and also the English evening action as uh, well. There'll be plenty to jump into as we're kind of going in at the deep end with the 148th running of the Kentucky Derby. We'll be going through runner by runner in a few moments' time. And also, our fancies we will also have a quick look at Thirsk as well, which is the evening meeting in the UK on Saturday night. But my name's Luke Kelder. I'll be here with Tom Collins from pretty much every single week from here on out, Tom, how are you doing?
1: Yes, I'm very good, Lou. Looking forward to this uh, podcast, the first of many, as you say. Uh, really looking forward to it. We're the only podcast out here doing the US and the UK evening Saturday racing, so that's the reason to keep coming back and watching us every week. Kentucky Derby, what a, what a great way to start. I mean, the, the first big race of the Triple Crown races in the US. We've got 20 runners, can't wait to get stuck in.
0: Yeah, this has been in the pipeline for a little while. Uh, we were gonna try and start it a few weeks ago, but then Tom goes, "Why not start on Kentucky Derby Day? Why not go for that?" So we, we, we're starting at the top, Tom, and we're gonna work our way gradually down. I imagine over the next few weeks, but we're on the Triple Crown trail at least. Yeah, exactly. I
1: mean, I can't promise this quality every single week for listeners, but uh, look, we're, we're gonna cover the big races in the US every week. We're hopefully gonna pick out a few winners as well. And as I say, like, uh, is there a better tipping race to start with than the Kentucky Derby? Twenty horses, take your shot. Hopefully, we get the winner.
0: Yeah, when, when Tom says class-wise, he means horse-wise. Me and Tom are going to be here every single week, so that <laughs> part's fine. Uh, myself and Tom are going to run you through runner-by-runner, runner, each and every horse in the Kentucky Derby. I'll be taking the odd numbers. Uh, Tom will be taking the even. So that leads me in to start with Mo Donegal, uh, who was going to be one of the more forefront runners in the, the race. Stall one is an absolute nightmare for, for him. Uh, he... Did win fairly impressively in the Wood Memorial. He was third in the Holy Bull as well uh, down at uh, Gulfstream Park. But there's no winner from stall 1, Tom, since 1986. That was Ferdinand. That's not a strong stat for him.
1: No, it's not. And it's not a strong stat for Stool 2 either. Who's The horse that jumped from stall 2 is Happy Jack for Rafael Bejarano and Doug O'Neill. This horse, as I say, jumps from Stool 2. The last winner to, to win from Stool 2 affirmed in 1978. It's a long drought. Um, it's not the place you want to be. There are new gates this year, I have to say, so it shouldn't be as much of a disadvantage. He finished third um, to Tybert in the San Juanita Derby. He needs to step forward from that. He's 30 to 1 on the morning line.
0: Yeah, a bit more of a fancied runner in stall three. That will be Epicenter, who was uh, Antipo's favorite for this race for quite some time. Uh, that hasn't quite gone through. Stall three, not the nicest draw to have. No winner from stall three since 1998. The last horse to even hit the board uh, in this race was uh, Golden Soul back in 2013. But Epicenter was very impressive in the Louisiana Derby uh, last time around. Ran to a bare speed figure of 102, which is one spot, on just below the highest in this field. Exactly, yes. Um, and he's got a, a much better chance than the horse in stall four, in my opinion, which is summer is
1: tomorrow. He's a very intriguing runner, though, a unique horse in this race because he comes from Dubai. Bupat Simar, who's trained plenty of top-level winners, sends him over. Mikael Barcelona, who rode 2011 Epsom Derby winner, Paul Moir, takes the ride. He's a very intriguing runner. He could be on the front, but he's going to have to improve on his recent efforts. He's also 30-1 to 1 on the morning line
0: yeah and to, a little bit shorter on the morning line 20 to 1 about smile happy A horse that we hear more about uh, throughout this podcast was actually behind epicenter uh, last time around he did go off uh, seven to four favorite though in the bluegrass he finished second in that race it was a, a decent enough but run and stall wise you're looking at a better draw as, uh, as well uh, always dreaming one from uh, stall five in 2017 and audible uh, was third in this race back in 2018 from stall five so we're getting towards the better draws tom
1: We are indeed another horse drawn well as Messier in stall six. Um, He's a horse that represents Tim Yakteen, but obviously comes from Bob Baffert's barn. Bob Baffert can't have any runners in this year's edition of Kentucky Derby, but this horse obviously has been trained by Baffert leading up to the race. He's got great tactical speed. He should be positioned well throughout. He's ridden by John Velasquez. He's ridden two Kentucky Derby winners. So there are plenty of things to like about Messier in stall six.
0: And then we bring in the Japanese uh, runner uh, with uh, Crown Pride. Japan never won the Kentucky Derby in the past, but we did say that about the Breeders' Cup up until last year. They won two races at uh, Del Mar. That'll be a positive for Crown Pride. I'm not sure how strong that UAE form is from last time around. We uh, saw Tom uh, telling us a little bit earlier on about Summer Is Tomorrow. That was the horse who was behind uh, Crown Pride that day. I'm not 100% convinced, but always good to have the international runners, Tom.
1: Yes, exactly. But back to the US runners for stall late and that's charge it. He represents Todd Pletcher and Louis Sires, a leading combination, jockey trainer combination right there. This horse lightly raced, only had three starts, never been seen away from Gulfstream. He makes the trip from Florida across the country. He's 20 to one on the morning line, but plenty think he's got a much better chance. Yeah, there'll be maybe
0: a few more mentions for him a little bit later on. Less so for Tis the Bomb, who's got one of the more intriguing profiles uh, in this race. Uh, He's one of two in the race uh, for Kenny McPeak, uh, along with uh, Smile Happy. He was second, kind of, in the British Cup Juvenile Turf a little while ago, obviously the the Ferrari before the, the race, but he was well beaten in the Holy Bull. Things haven't gone right this season, and potentially he could be a turf runner, so he might be an outsider to overlook.
1: Yes, and one horse that isn't an outsider is the horse in gate 10. He's your likely favourite, and that's Zandon for Chad Brown and Flavian Pratt. Flavian Pratt dominating the riding scene in the US right now. Zandon's a hold-up performer. He'll need luck in running. But his bluegrass success at Keenan, last time was extremely impressive. He surged through the field. He's going to be a short price in here. Can he justify favouritism?
0: Yeah, a big price that you might want to consider. Pioneer of Medina for Joe Bravo. Morning line 30 to 1, which generally would signify is a bit more of a no-hoper. But I don't think that's quite the case. He ran to a speed figure of 96 when third in the Louisiana Derby. Obviously, he's got work to do uh, to overturn that form with Epicenter, as mentioned earlier on. Whether he can be handy from stall 11, uh, we shall see. No winner from stall 11 since 1988. The last horse to hit the board, though, was Code of Honour back in 2019. So he might well have live each-way claims.
1: Another horse with live each way claims is Tiber, another horse that also represents Tim Yakteen that was formerly trained by Bob Baffert. Hall of Fame rider Mike Smith takes the ride. He's 12 to 1 on the morning line, he's only had two starts stepped up dramatically from his debut win to win last time out in the santonita derby many think this horse has the most talent in the race but will inexperience catch him out
0: yeah we heard about uh, charging earlier on and the uh, the florida raiders Uh, simplification is the next one on that list was third in the florida derby at last time around that was a decent run and he was a pace angle uh, that day they went 47 and one uh, for the opening half that's fast enough in a race like that and the pace angles were uh, picked off later on the day. Barrio and Charge It both going past simplification, but before that run, he had done very little wrong, and he does remain pretty unexposed. Again, another uh, horse as an outsider that you might want to take each way in this.
1: Yes, another outsider. This one, I don't think you want to be taking each way, but he would be a rags to riches story if he did succeed. It's Barber Road. He jumps from gate 14, represented John Ortiz and Rayleigh Gutierrez. This one cost just $15,000. It'd be an incredible story if he was to win this race. He's at Arkansas Derby. Second was a clear career best last time, but he definitely needs to take another step up to even contend the finish here.
0: Yeah, I'm staying in Florida with Wightavario, who did win at the Florida Derby last time around. He's uh, a horse who's very much on the improve. As I say, he won the Holy Bull uh, as well. That's pretty strong form, taking account of a, a few of these. Uh, but it's only a second runner in the Derby for Safi Joseph. The first of those uh, was back in 2020, when New York traffic was back in eighth place. I do think there's more to come from Wightavario. He hasn't had a registered work, though, at Churchill Downs, which, which would be unlike the majority of these uh, in the other field. So we'll see how Wightavario goes.
1: I've just covered a horse called Barber Road from Gate 14. Well, we're about to cover another horse called Cyber Knife, who beat Barber Road last time. He jumps from Gate 16. He's the first of three Brad Cox entries in this race. will be ridden by Florent Giroux. He's 20 to one on the morning line. He can go left or right under pressure. So watch out for him in the straight. We could have another maximum security situation if he's leading turn it for home. He has to improve on what we've seen. But Brad Cox has done so well with these horses over the last couple of years. You can't write him off
0: time for the death draw now we go to stall 17 with classic causeway no horse has ever won the kentucky derby from stall 17 they bought stalls in from 1930 as well so that's a long time to go uh, without a winner uh, the last horse to hit the 3 uh, from this draw 1988 with 49er before the florida derby you would have given classic causeway a chance in this but he bombed out that day we haven't seen him since and I'm not really sure what to expect from him, Tom.
1: No, he should be on the front, though. One horse that won't be on the front is Tawny Port, another Brad Cox trainee. Um, as you say, Brad Cox's horses haven't drawn overly well here, all getting outside gates. Tawny Port jumping from 18, another horse that's 30 to 1 on the morning line. He has to turn the, the form around from the Risen Star with the likes of Epicenter, Smile Happy and Zandon, And he was also beaten by Tis the Bomb in the Jeff Ruby. So he's got form claims, but not strong ones. He's going to have to improve to win.
0: Yeah, one of the maybe better chances of the the outsiders and also the higher drawn horses is Zozos, who'd be one of a few uh, in this race who didn't race at uh, two. Uh, I think he's got a bit of a chance. He was second to epicenter in the Louisiana Derby. We see quite a lot of these form lines uh, do tie into each other. I, I do think he's got a bit of work to overturn that sort of form, but he is improving. And as I say, he is likely raced as uh, well. That's Zozos in nineteen.
1: And the final horse in the 2022 Kentucky Derby is Ethereal Road. He's going to be 32 to 1 on the morning line. He might as well be 99 to 1. He's got a very, very tough ass from the outside gate. Only one horse has ever won from gate 20. That was Big Brown in 2008. He was a phenomenal horse. He had also had a perfect trip throughout. Ethereal Road is not going to figure to get that kind of trip. He represents Dwayne Lucas, who's a Hall of Fame trainer, but that's about all he, uh, all he has is the chance.
0: Yeah, my note for him was 7th Bluegrass, 4th Lexington Stakes, no chance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I agree with that one. <laughs> at 30 to 1 on the morning line it does generally mean they've got very little chance. There are a few that would go against that. Ethereal Road isn't exactly one of them, but that's a spin through. Were, were there any horses in there, Tom, Just that, that I mentioned that you didn't get to that you wanted to touch on as, as well before we get into our, our picks and analysis for the race?
1: Yeah, I mean, there are a handful of horses that are drawn uh, in the odd number stalls as you've been covering, that have got great chances. Obviously, Epicenter was the long-time favourite for the race. Um, he's one of the leading players, especially if there's not a pace compromise up front, if they go a reasonable gallop, but not too hard. I think he's a major player and also Smile Happy. We'll come to him a bit more in a second because he's one of my um, stronger fancies in the race. But I don't think you should overlook him. He's a massive price on the morning line, 20 to 1. I think the morning line makers made a mistake there, Luke.
0: Yes, it is it is the sort of race where that might well happen. The Churchill Downs morning line can be a little bit skewed with uh, from time to time as well. And uh, if you are new to American racing, the morning line, it doesn't really reflect. It's kind of a guess of, of what prices horses might well be, but it's not the most accurate thing uh, in the, the world. Our bookmakers would be an easier thing to, to take uh, on on that on forming a market. In regards to the race. It's a Kentucky Derby. There's tons of pace on here. It just depends on who's actually going to get to the front. We, we, we alluded to the draw quite a bit. It's quite significant here. But as you said as well, they have changed the stalls in, in recent years. They, they used to be two stalls that joined into each other. The outside stalls kind of came on top of the, the horses on the inside from about stall 15, 16 inwards. Now it's just one long gate, which helps things and is a fair bit fairer to all.
1: Yes, exactly. So formally um, the horses drawn in like gate one, two, three. If you look at if you had a straight line from their stool, they would be running into the inside rail um, if they broke out and went in a straight line. So they had to cut across to the right. Horses from their outside were coming to the inside. And therefore there was loads of scrimmaging. And if you were drawn low, unless you had remarkable early pace to get a clear run up front, you were going to struggle to get a good position in the race. This time they've got one big stool, no brakes throughout. As you mentioned, the horses that are drawn in the inside, if you now go on a straight line, go right against the rail. So they don't have to go right out the gates. Therefore, jumping from the inside gates isn't as bad as it was. As you mentioned, there's a lot of pace in this race. There always is in the Kentucky Derby. They're probably going to go 22 and three-fifths or 22 and two-fifths through the opening quarter and then 46 flat through the half. Now, that that's standard fractions for a Kentucky Derby. It's what you'd like to see in, in a sprint rather than a race um, around two turns. But uh, the Kentucky Derby is an intriguing race. It's going to be paced up front. Will the Dubai entrance summer is tomorrow lead? That's the question, Luke.
0: Yeah, I, I've got him down as well. Well, pace angles wise, just to, to give you a, a feel. One thing I first do when I look at any American races, I write pace at the top of the, my, my garden. Pace here is three, four, six, eight, eleven, seventeen, 11, 17 and 19. Um, obviously, they can't all go forward. Epicentre and summer is tomorrow. I think they've got the best chances of getting four because Mo Donegal from one and Happy Jack from two. They want nothing to do with the lead whatsoever. I don't think they're capable of, of getting to the lead. So three and four maybe six in messier they might be the most live pace angles
1: yeah i completely agree i think john rosario has only got one option with epicenter if you've backed him at a short price and he'll be available obviously on the market on sbk Um, currently no odds for that market but there will be by the time this podcast goes live on saturday morning epicenter be one of the market leaders john rosario as i say one option go forward on him he rolls from the front he's drawn well in gate three and as luke just said there's no pace inside so i imagine he'll be up there I think Messier will be up there. Um, Horses that have come from Bob Baffert's barn have to go forward. Bob Baffert rarely says to his his jockeys, um, you know what, we want to take a pull in the Kentucky Derby. Um, He'll be up there. Tiber also now representing Tim team will be on the speed. I think Classic Causeway leads this race from 17. He's going to be gunned out from from the gates. I think he's got to try and get across. It's his only chance of winning. And if he does go forward, they could go ridiculous fractions early, and that may set up for a closer.
0: Yeah, there are plenty of clothes as well. And also fancied uh, clothes. This classic Causeway. if you watch him last time around, he tapped out as they turned out the back straight at um, a in the Florida Derby. But he was pretty classy going into that. And they have given him a fair bit of time off. But as we say, no horse has ever won this race from still 17. Uh, hold up horses then. Um, I'll start with Mo Donegal. Because this is the horse that myself and you, we, we were talking about this horse three weeks ago, thinking this is, this is my Derby horse. I think we were both kind of thinking that as well. Then the draw comes around. I get a text from you that I can't repeat on air. And Mo Donegal's got, <laughs> got stall one, which is, is not ideal.
1: No, it's not ideal at all. Um, as I say, it's, it's a more of an advantage this year than it has been previously. But I'd probably rather every other stall, barring 17 and maybe two um, in, in this field. Mo Donegal was obviously a leading player. He won the Wood Memorial. Um, I tipped him that day on Twitter. And and because of that, um, I have this love affair with Mo Donegal now. The issue with him is what kind of trip is he going to get? How far back is RLT going to be? We've seen this kind of plan before with a top pledge L T RLT's horse in known agenda. That didn't work out. Um, maybe it works out a little bit better for Mo Donegal. I know you fancy him a little bit more than I do at this, uh, this spot. But um, look, if, if he gets a nice trip in the race and there's a minor pace collapse, he is a major player.
0: I'm going to go into bat a little bit for Moe Donegal here, because I'm a little bit more loyal than you are to him. <laughs> uh, in the stall one, yes, it's, it's a nightmare. The Wood Memorial last time around, he came from an absolute mile back, which is kind of what he does anyway, because he he's not the best away from the stalls. He's not got the most early speed in the world. Uh, he's he's Moe Donegal. But... He took a ton of kickback in that race. He, he, he ended the race a different colour than he started it. It's going to be exactly the same here in the Kentucky Derby. I think that's a race that's really going to have hardened him um, over in, in the Wood, uh, Wood Memorial. And I just think that we might see a better horse. However, that's the heart part of me talking. The head part of me says that if you gave me four to one in the Belmont, I would be backing him right now.
1: Yeah, I think he's a stronger player in the Belmont. Uh, look, this horse gets a lot of trip, doesn't he? He'll improve for the added distance in the Belmont. He could be ready to win a Kentucky Derby. As I say, he needs the trip. The one thing with Mo is that he has good form lines with Zandon, who's your current morning line favorite for this race. He actually beat him in the Remsen um, last year. So you can't write off Mo I'm just really worried about him. Look, if he wins this race, you're going to be celebrating. Uh, and what is that to me? I'll be like, oh, my God, I can't believe I've ditched this horse. This horse rolls. When he gets into a rhythm, he is a major player. He's probably got one of the, the highest amount of talent in this race with Tiber and Zanden. It's just what trip is he going to get? I can't believe that Todd Fletcher would have been happy with that draw at all.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll mention Zandon as well, because this is a horse that you've fallen in love with over the last week or so, especially since the draw came out in, in stall 10. There are better draws, but the way the race pans out, this could just be written for Zandon. Yeah, exactly.
1: I I love this horse, Luke. He's gonna be my major selection in this race. Um, I backed him anti post after he won the bluegrass. Um, I tipped him that day. I wasn't overly confident, but I thought he was a price play in the race. Flavian Pratt did an incredible job to negotiate through traffic. The the one negative, and I'll start with the negative before I go on to the positives with Zandon, is he's not a very good breaker. Hence why the stall in, in gate 10 is a massive plus, right in the middle. Horses concertina, but the, the horses that are concertina are the ones that are trying to go forward um, to get on the front end. I think Flabby and Pratt will look to settle in mid div. It's the perfect gate for him. There's been plenty of winners from Stall 10. This horse has major form claims, like really, really strong form claims. And from what I've been seeing on Twitter, he has been working lights out recently. There is no better looking horse in the race than Zandon. Chad Brown hasn't ever won the Kentucky Derby, which is an intriguing fact for a a trainer that should be dominating in the US, albeit mainly on turf in recent seasons. I think this could be his first Kentucky
0: Derby. Yeah, his rider, Flavian Pratt, has... Kind of won a Kentucky Derby. Country House <laughs> won it uh, a few years ago, but he inherited it uh, in the the stewards' room with um, with a, a fair bit of, of of trouble, we'll say, on the home turn. But uh, I respect uh, Zandon. He very much does look the one to beat. He's three to one favourite uh, on the the morning line. You you mentioned about work, so I'll bring in a horse that I quite like here as well. In charge it, uh, Zandon. I think he's he's been working about forty eight and. A tiny bit on top of that over four furlongs and hard on the bridle as well which for a horse's level you'd want that happening but he's been doing it very impressively charge it he was clueless when running in the the florida derby last time around he was second uh, in that race and he was kind of just working things out. That was really the first time that he's had to, to, to race, knuckle down and, and actually put everything together when things didn't quite go his way. His works at Churchill have been very good since shipping up from, uh, from Gulfstream. He's posted a, a minute, almost flat, minute and 40 splits over five furlongs that was 10th of 47 on the day and his most impressive work which again like Zandon was hard on the steel uh, was four furlongs 47 40 that was ninth of 133 that worked over four furlongs uh, that day obviously that does include horses that aren't in the Kentucky Derby as well it's just any horse on that day at, uh, at Churchill but I do think the extra furlong will suit it's just the case Tom if he learned how to really race in the Florida Derby
1: yeah, he's very inexperienced, isn't he? After just three starts, but a top plecture horse like this is just folly to ignore them. I think Charge is also a major each way player. He's not one of my two bets or selections in the race, but I can certainly see him troubling the, the protagonists. I think he's going to be sat mid-div, probably next to Zandon. I know if you're looking at pace maps for for the Kentucky Derby, you're thinking Zandon's going to be last. I don't think that's the case. I think it'll be next to charge it in the mid division. I think they'll be making runs late. Um, they both close well from off the speed. They both get the distance. Um, I think they're both leading players. Obviously, Zan is a lot shorter price than charge it, um, but I think they both have major claims. And one thing we should mention: you've already touched on uh, Country House and Flavian Pratt's victory back in 2019. The weather forecast indicates there could be a lot of rain round at Churchill. Now that would obviously present a major uh, difference in in how you analyze this race as how you handicap this race. Do you want to be on a speed horse? Do you want to be on a closer? Normally, when I look at races, I think sloppy track. I want to be on a horse that's up in up on the vanguard, a horse that's got plenty of early and therefore doesn't have the kickback. However, if you look back at recent Kentucky Derby results, when the track has ridden sloppy, obviously they'll seal it before, so it won't be a complete mud bath. Um, But when it's ridden sloppy, you want to be on horses that are closing for off the speed. In 2019, Country House didn't officially well, he officially won the race. Didn't cross the line in front. Obviously, Maximum Security did. But in that that race, five of the first seven home on the sloppy track at Churchill closed from off the speed. Maximum security across the line in front didn't. He led throughout, um, but five of the other seven did. In 2018, when Justify won the Kentucky Derby, the vast majority of contenders in that race also closed from off the speed. Now, Justify was the exception in that race, but he was unbeaten in six starts and went on to win the Triple Crown. You either need a horse up front that has incredible and immense talent that can ride against the bias, go quick fractions early, and continue running. Or you need a horse that can roll, that stays the trip, and and finishes fast to beat those up front. I think Charger and Zandon are two that could be could fill that latter brief.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I will say just before we move on to our selections and then then to Thirst. Um, I was at Churchill Downs for the Breeders' Cup a few years ago. I've never seen a trap dry faster than Churchill Downs. So mm-hmm. when you're listening to this, it will be released on Saturday morning. Just search on Twitter about Churchill and see what the the track's like. It's, It's meant to rain from what I can see pretty much all of Friday. And then Saturday it's going to be OK. But yeah. say when I was at the Breeders' Cup, you couldn't see the inside rail because of water. And then you went back three hours later and it's as if nothing had ever happened before. It was the most ridiculous track in the world. But um, selections wise for the, the Kentucky Derby, Tom, do we say Derby or Derby, by the way? Do we go English or do we respect the Americans?
1: I think it should be Derby, but it I, just be, feel, really. I just feel myself saying Kentucky Derby. I don't know why. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I should change that to Derby.
0: <laughs> uh, who are you siding with in a Derby Derby?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so Zanden is my lead selection. As I say, I was on him to post I think he'll win this race. I know he's your morning line favourite, but he's got the most talent for me. As long as Flavian Pratt can negotiate a perfect trip from off the speed, I think he's the most likely winner. And my other selection is a horse we haven't necessarily covered in much depth yet, which is Smile Happy. Now, he was 20 to 1 on the morning line. I don't think he'll be 20 to 1 at the off. He has tactical speed and he fits in nicely with Zanden. He finished second in the Bluegrass. Didn't get a great trip at all at Keeneland, but still managed to hit the front turning for home. He just succumbed to Zandon's late kick in the closing stages. But this is a horse who's always promised to be a, a proper classic contender um, in, in the States. And I think Smile Happy, after just four runs, can take a step forward and trouble Zandon once again. If I was to play exact as it would be, Zandon, Smile Happy, so maybe in each way on Smile Happy and a win on Zandon
0: as well. Yeah, Smile Happy 20 to 1 on the, the morning line and uh, Zandon 3 to 1 on the morning line. I- I've tried so hard not to tip Zandon. <laughs> and I haven't, I've gone, I've gone against uh, Tom. I, I do respect him, but I think the most likely winner in the race is epicenter. I I I love that run in the Louisiana Derby last time around. He posted, as I say, a bare speed figure of one Oh two. That as I say, is one spot lower than one Oh three, which is the maximum uh, in this uh, race that's held by uh, Tabor who, posted that on debut because of course you're from california why wouldn't you but (laughs) i I do think that epicenter's got a great chance in in this race my main bet though in the contest if there is any i don't know if it's what 14 to 1 or so we're not going to get the 20 to 1 on the morning line about charge it he's a massive each way play in this race to me like i say he will have learned from the florida derby there will be more to come from from him this extra furlong will suit him down to the ground and the reason for taking charge and epicenter as well you've got two horses that are running for you in in different places on the track epicenter is going to go forward from inside stall three and charge it he's likely going to be nowhere near that maybe more midfield and closing late on so i'll take epicenter and uh, charge it tom with that smile happy and uh, Zanden uh, that brings us down or bring the curtain down uh, on our Kentucky Derby uh, look best of luck however you guys do play things do I have to have a quick look at Thursk uh, on uh, Saturday night as, as well Tom uh, you've got two fancies for us I do, yeah. Obviously,
1: this isn't the same class as you're going to get at Churchill Downs, but they're still winnable races. Every race has a winner is a phrase I like to, to stick by. Um, finding that winner is sometimes more <laughs> difficult in the weaker races, but still. Um, a couple of horses I like at first, because you say. I'm hoping to top, top and tail the card. Um, the first horse that I like is in the 0-70 Phillies handicap that opens the card at 5.30. Now, there were two in here that caught my eye, and I had about half an hour deliberating to myself which one had stronger claims. And I eventually came down on a horse called Eruption. Now, I should mention the other horse on the on the short list was Lady Nectar, who's two from two at Thirsk, um, has great course form. But she only ran four days ago. That's a slight worry for me when she's been quickly turned out before. Um, she's sometimes failed to repeat the same level of form she showed a few days before, uh, before. So I want to be taking her on. I do think she's a major player, though. Um, the selection, however, Eruption, this really finished a, a really good fourth in a novice event at Weatherby last summer. The winner of that race was a horse called Fearby, who's now rated 104 and went on to place in the Malcombe and Mill Reef, both group races. So obviously the fact that Eruption was tackling the likes of Fearby suggests that, you know, she was never really ever going to win that race. And how close she got was remarkable. The horse in second, Lethal Levi, has won three times since it's now rated 82. The third, Haymaker, won the other day at Newmarket as well. And it's going to be rated in the low 80s. Eruption's running here off a mark in the low 50s. Um, I, I think she's got a phenomenal chance. And her recent effort where she won at Musselburgh, it wasn't the most impressive success, but I think she was valued for much more than the winning margin. I think she's a major player in the opener. And the other horse that I like on the card is Truth in Jest in the closing race. Um, that's at 8.35, a 6 furlong handicap. This gelding broke his maiden at the track last June. Um, it was a real nice handicap success. He was drawn high, ran against the near-side rail, scooted clear in the cr- closing stages. I think we might be Groundhog Day here. He's been threatening to win since. Last time out, he closed well from off the speed at Doncaster. And the return to this track on the dropping trip should suit Truth in Jest in the 835.
0: Yeah, I'm going somewhere in the middle of Tom's selections, as he would over at First, to be fair, because he's, he's trying to uh, bookend the, the card. I'm going with Lost My Sock, who, uh, to be fair, Ever since Lost My Sock's gone handicapping, he's just plummeted in the weights. He started off uh, his uh, handicapping life off a mark of 76. He's down now to uh, 64. I didn't think ran badly at Pontefract last time around, though. It, it's a, a track this year that it will be no shock to you that front runners are dominating, especially in the sprint races. Lost My Sock completely missed the break, had to be rushed up. Uh, he managed to make it sort of midfield slash handy. He was out wide. It was a, a disaster, but... To finish fourth probably wasn't a bad run in that, especially behind the likes of King of Tonga, who's been a horse who started off the season and just great for He ran well at Weatherby again the other day. So I'll take Lost My Sock for Tim Easterby and uh, David Allen, and, and hopefully, uh, Tom, that leads us to having about uh, a dead heat four-way in the, the Kentucky Derby and then three winners <laughs> at Thursk. Uh,
1: imagine the scenes like first episode we go through the card at first and then we we somehow managed to get the super factor up in the kentucky derby um look we live in hopes hopefully we can just pick a few winners across the cards especially in the kentucky derby because i know that's where our main bets would
0: be yes absolutely and uh, if you want a bit of help on that as, as well uh, new sbk customers will get 30 pounds in free bets by depositing 10 pound t's and c's uh, do apply on that but that might just help you through the kentucky derby and uh, Thirsk. uh tom it's been, it's been a pleasure. We'll be back uh, next week around the same sort of time. It won't be quite as frantic uh, next week, but then we can look towards the Preakness after that.
1: Yeah. I'm really looking forward to next week's action. Obviously not as good as the Kentucky Derby, but hopefully we're still living up the life after picking the winner at Churchill Downs. Um, and then we'll be back hopefully, as, as you say, for following weeks with extra tip on the, on the main U S races
0: and the UK evening racing. If that's your bag. Yeah, thank you for being with us. This was the, uh, the first episode of the uh, SBK uh, Saturday Selections. We'll be back with you next Saturday morning, hopefully after absolutely nailing the Kentucky Derby. We'll see you then. <laughs>